0: Hi there, welcome to Fanboy Theology. I'm Chris. I'm Brett. And we're here to talk about faith and today, Captain America Civil War. I didn't see any overt faith elements in Captain America Civil War, however, Brett, Both Brett and I had some observations about what this means for us as Christians. So we're going to get into that a little bit today, but then also just talk about how awesome this movie was. Uh, Brett, in your level of Marvel favorite Marvel movies, which number would you put it at?
1: Oh, it's easily top five.
0: Top five? Okay. It it actually breached my top three. Well, Avengers and Iron Man kind of switch places all the time, and so it's going to be really tough to dethrone them. But then Captain America Civil War is now my third favorite Marvel movie. Uh, unfortunately, dethroning Guardians of the Galaxy. But I still love that doesn't mean it's not a not a good movie, but it, it just I was blown away at Captain America Civil War. You know, fully admitting I didn't really like Captain America the First Avenger and then Captain America Winter Soldier. It was okay. It was good. It was getting it was heading in the right direction for me, but I think I figured out why, and that's actually what we're going to talk about today, is Captain America as a character is the golden boy, the boy scout, the the kid that... Well, even in Avengers, they make fun of him for... Precisely, and that's why I, I loved in the Avengers and Avengers 2 making fun of that character, because you can't just have a movie where that's what we're going to concentrate on. However, I think Civil War changed that forever. Mm. You can have a character like that if... You bring him through the ringer and have him come out on the other side with what we see Steve Rogers do in this story. So, in recap, do you want to tell us what happened in the movie, Brett?
1: Well, I mean, you obviously have the the story of the Avengers basically being torn apart with yeah the Sokovia Accords, um, Bucky getting framed, and then um, the whole fallout when Iron Man finds out that Bucky had killed his parents. Oof
0: that scene
1: yeah that was well done but rough
0: oh yeah and even i i could usually figure out what the twist is going to be that's why this movie was so cool i could i did not see that coming they gave us all of the pieces and i still failed to put the puzzle together before the end and it was beautiful oh And, and going back to captain america or rather let's just use their real names tony stark and Steve Rogers and their journeys through their movies. Tony Stark kind of in one corner being almost anti quote unquote American, as in anti-government American. However, he is just this awesome businessman, free market enterprise, all the principles that Americans would say they are for. He's Mr. Independent. Yes, exactly. A libertarian, let's just say that. So he's the ultimate libertarian. He almost represents one aspect of the American value system. And then Steve Rogers represents the other part of it, patriotism, unwavering loyalty towards one's country, and we see that even... Almost without question. Yeah, and that... That's Steve's journey in this one is he gets rid of that. He becomes, and here I'm going to make a statement kind of extreme, but let's go on to explain it. He becomes the ultimate patriot by rejecting America of itself and the uh, the American governmental system. He becomes the ultimate individual and patriot of the name of America by looking at a problem, saying I know the solution and I'm going to believe in that solution until I die and I'm going to further that solution at all costs to the point of he gives up his title as Captain America at the end of the movie. Yeah,
1: well, because he's more about the fundamental underlying values than a name or the group
0: that's controlling that face. Yes, and I got to say going into this movie, I was kind of scared because we see Tony Stark in Iron Man 2 be the ultimate cavalier, forget you government, I'm Iron Man is me, you can't have me, and he even walks out of his own con- congressional hearing, which, awesome, that, yeah, you can't say anything because we as the audience have watched Iron Man go kick butt and he's the right person to be Iron Man without government oversight, and then... Here, all the advertising for Captain America Civil War, we watch Tony Stark do a complete 180. Not only is he for government legislation, he's for putting it on himself, and of course that's because of the events of Age of Ultron, and he's afraid that he might go off the rails again with inventing this AI that ends up going dark side. So, right.
1: Well, and you also have everything that he sees...
0: Because it, of Scarlet because Witch. Because of Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And he almost learns that age-old superhero uh, tenant that with great with great power comes great responsibility. He now is seeing that as, okay, well, we need checks and balances.
1: I think the checks and balances, though, are, too, also because he's now afraid of what could happen and that he can't control. So it ultimately comes down to a matter of control over anything else.
0: Yes, Now, going back to Steve Rogers, as this is his movie, um, Steve Rogers is looking at the situation and going, instead of control, we need the right people put in the right places of power. Who better than the Avengers is, in the end, his uh, stance. And the coolest thing, and I don't think I would be on Captain America's side unless this wasn't happening, is he's doing it out of a... Responsibility to his friend. Love for his friend. And, and a. no matter what the world is saying, he knows what's right. And he knows that his buddy needs help. He's going to go help them, even if that means I'm going against everybody and I'm going to become an insurgent, basically.
1: Well, it, he's not looking at where Tony Stark is looking at the control aspect. Steve Rogers is looking at the value, the principle behind something. Yes. And using that as his motivation. Yes. So it then becomes, okay, this value over here is everything I'm going to devote myself to. I don't need to have somebody saying, yes, this is a, a good value to have. He already knows it's good. Yes. And he's looking to be able to protect that no matter what.
0: Yes. And what, I wanted that, and what I want to frame this all with as, as the message for the church that I want to get out of Captain America's Civil War is actually there's an old philosopher named Thomas Hobbes. And he was around for the, uh, turn, of the cent- turn of the century when America was coming into its own. And in his book Leviathan, specifically book three, he argues that religious organizations should be subservient to the sovereign power to prevent divided loyalties, thus preserving peace. Church authorities should acknowledge the preeminence of the sovereign rule. Otherwise, they undermine the stable social order enforced by the sovereign. So, in other words, it's basically saying your Christianity or your religion, let's not even take it to Christianity, your religion is subservient to the state. So, we are a utility of the state as if we are going to have a religious belief. So here we are in Christianity obviously not a religion it is a faith aspect protected by the first amendment mind you. Right. Well and that's one of the reasons why that first amendment was there is they're writing that
1: in response to the thoughts and ideas that Hobbes and other guys
0: like that were yes. putting forth. And that's the check and balance for that system for the aspect of freedom rather than, okay, no, the government now gets to tell what religious organizations need to do, even Christianity. That is a very dangerous doctrine, because here's the deal. Our membership in a church body should be above any and all other memberships or nationalities or anything Anything that you are a part of is subservient to your being a Christian. There is no other way. The principle set forth by Jesus the ones that we are supposed to live by, the ones that we are supposed to bring love, the gospel, by love to the entire earth, that is something so powerful no government can control it. If we are to then allow a government to say what we do as Christians, we are negating our responsibility as Christians look, each one of us individually is going to stand before God one day and give an account of what we're doing with our lives. He gave us our lives so that we can live for him. So if we are to follow in the steps of what Steve Rogers is doing in this movie, in the sense of he has lived, what, a couple years or, well, technically decades, because he was in ICE as Captain America, he's lived with that identity for so long. But you know what he has to do at the end of this movie? He has to disregard that identity. We as Christians, our identity, first and foremost, is a child of God. And when we start saying and putting it up against other identities, whether it's American, French, Chinese, any of our nationalities, if those start superseding our status as a Christian, we go into dangerous territory.
1: Well, and with that, he's coming from a time where the values that he has set up in his life, are reflected with the way that things are going in the country. Everybody kind of lines up with that, the patriotic, the value of, yes, we're doing good, and there's no real twisting of it. This, this is our clear-cut enemy that we're going against. Yes. And with the progression of time, those things that they're, supporting kind of change and it's more about oh well we can't upset this group and oh we really we have to kind of watch what we're doing and they've gone away from the values that Steve Rogers still has instilled with him because technically that time really hasn't passed for him he's not changing
0: like that and I think the key there is vigilance Steve Rogers has always been vigilant and he even in Captain America Winter Soldier is vigilant of the direction where things are going and starts getting suspicious almost immediately of the secret Hydra organization working within S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: I think that's that's the the point with with it is what, okay. what, yeah. what Steve Rogers is is doing and what Captain America do. There are two things that happen within faith. Just like the parable with the birds in the tree like Iron Man's view on it is oh well we need to let these things kind of control us to make sure that we're not stepping on toes and that people aren't getting offended or hurt and putting us all in check at the expense of everybody else being over us. Captain America's view is more along the lines of you what there are things that have crept in that shouldn't be here. Time to take them out. Time to take them out or time to make a stand and saying, Do "You what?" We recognize these things are in this tree doesn't mean we're going to let them
0: control this tree. yeah so what brett's talking about is the parable of the mustard tree and in that jesus is telling a story about how uh, one day a, a seed is planted and it grows into a tree and the birds of the uh, air come and nestle in its branches well he that could all just pass right by us unless we start looking into the metaphor and jesus Always uses metaphors when he's talking about that. So here we go. That tree, he says it outright, symbolizes the kingdom of God. And then he does not, in that parable, talk about what birds of the air are, but he does in another one. And that parable is the parable of the seeds scattered on the four soils. So in that parable, we'll just take one principle from it. He identifies birds of the air as Satan and his minions. I think a lot of people have been thinking this, but it hasn't been told before, so we're just going to come out and say it. Did you know Satan hates you? (laughs) And Satan also hates the church. So what is going to happen is, instead of an outright attack, try to bring down the gates of the church, he's going to go within it and try to bring it down from the inside. It's the same thing that Hydra did to S.H.I.E.L.D. Exactly. And so, so now that Steve Rogers has accepted that fact... He's even more willing to accept the fact you know what in our terms here as Christians the kingdom of God is within you and is within other Christians. Instead of going out and yelling at other people, you guys need to be Christians because our country will be so great or you guys need to be Christians because then our town will be taken back for for God. You know what guys, it doesn't work that way. What we need to be doing is as brothers and sisters in the most respectful way possible, we need to be looking for the birds in each individual's life that could possibly be influencing us the wrong direction. When fear is what influences us, we're no longer being influenced by God. When anything but love is motivating our actions, we are in the wrong. Period. End of story. When our friends require love in their lives, we're supposed to give love to them. When our enemies come up to us and start spitting in our face, what's our orders? We love our enemies. There is no other prescription for Christians. Any person who's in front of us, they are, they are to be met with love. Well, and it comes down to
1: basically what the essence, I think, of this movie is saying is that your identity needs to be set in who you are. Mm-hmm. not the title that you have, not the position that you have, not your job, not what you do, but who you are. Steve Rogers does this. When he gives up the shield at the end of the movie, he basically says, do you know what? My identity is not Captain America. My identity is Steve Rogers and the values and everything that I stand for,
0: regardless of the shield. So all this being said, going back to a little bit of Thomas Hobbes, so we can just wrap up that part portion of this. If you are starting to suspect that there's a doctrine either in your life or in your church's life that is basically putting your church, your life, subservient to a country or subservient to a... Beyond just a country. Anything other than the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ, then start investigating that. Start looking into your own life and making sure that you are only being influenced by one person, Jesus.
1: Be like Steve Rogers. Be suspicious of those things.
0: <laughs> yes. And to put in a quote by an author, Gregory A. Boyd, uh, the only way we individually and collectively represent the kingdom of God is through loving, Christ-like, sacrificial acts of service to others. Anything and everything else, however good and noble, lies outside of the kingdom of God. God's not asking us to do good things. He's asking us to do great things. And sometimes that means sacrificing good things in order to achieve the great things
1: i think that's exactly what captain america was trying to point out with this is there are things that need to be done and to do that we might have to sacrifice or overlook other things that are good as well in order to accomplish them
0: the avengers the avengers have been a force for good that has saved the world multiple times but you know what it might be time to stop them. How awesome is the end of the movie where basically the secret Avengers have already formed. And it's just, oh, okay. The the more that they can go into fan service and comic book stuff, I love it. But here, getting back to the serious part. The fact that the Avengers have been so good and Steve has worked so many years to build it up, even Tony has worked so many years to build it up. But Steve knows when... When it starts, when something starts to lose its proper motivation, it's time for that something to die or it's time to take a break from that something. And again, this whole movie always goes back to the identity issue. Here as Christians, as trying to figure out what Jesus wants us to do in our everyday life, we need to constantly be putting him in the forefront of our mind. Not the cliche, what would Jesus do with every situation? It's no, we need to be subservient to what the Holy Spirit is guiding us to do daily. It's not about imitation. It's about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you do that through your faith in Christ.
1: So I think as a takeaway from this, it really comes down to, is your identity set in Christ or is it set in other things? ultimately if we're going to be effective as i mean as captain america wants to be effective in his world is that we'll only be able to achieve that when our identity is set in who god has made us to be in in the case of steve rogers his identity is set in him as steve rogers not as captain america and that's what he's trying to point out, I think, to Iron Man, especially at the end of the movie, is remember your identity and who you are. You've gotten so caught up with this aspect of the Sokovia Accords and the Avengers that you've forgotten the essence of who Iron Man was at the beginning.
0: Yeah. He's telling it to the person who ended his first movie with, I am Iron Man. Like, that, that awesome line. Right. Look... Tony is suffering from PTSD <laughs> I'm thoroughly convinced in, uh, through what happened in Avengers and then Iron Man 3 we see those effects of actual PTSD inspired by the Chitauri in, uh, invasion but in Avengers 2 look at he's suffering even more PTSD because he caused all of that to happen then yet here's all of these warriors in the room Black Widow uh Hawkeye and Captain America and nobody's saying anything I get where Tony is coming from in all of this. He's broken, he's hurt, he, and he knows he hurt himself and hurt others, and he's trying to prevent himself from also hurting others again. I get it. Well, it's, I, a, it's the pendulum principle. And it's he going way was, too yeah. far to the other end. I get it. And I am, And we see, of course, at the end of the movie that there's, there is still always the possibility that the relationships are going to be mended. It's just hurt came from from the trying to prevent hurt. And it was unfortunate in how it happened. However, the idea of trying to envelop your entire life in one identity sounds textbook, logically easy. It's not. It, the submission of your life to Jesus is something that we are going to do for the rest of our lives. And it is only done through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we are saying that these are the steps we need to take... As, as believers, expect, It's a, a lifelong... <laughs> but expect it to be difficult. Yes, there's going to be some days when it's easy to drop the shield and no longer call yourself Captain America, but there's going to be other days where you want the Sokovia Accords to be making a new law in your life. But that's the thing. Christ came to set us free from law. He came to give us the Holy Spirit to lead us into a more righteous life, an everlasting life. However, it's not as simple as it sounds. And that is where the church comes in, is you, you need people in your life that are able to speak objectively to you. You need a Tony Stark. You need to have knockdown, down drag-out fights with your actual friends to make sure that you're on the proper road. That is what the church is.
1: Yeah, You need those, those discussions, those conversations that are making sure that all the other identities that you have are
0: subservient to your identity in christ so as always uh we love marvel movies so they're going to come back up again don't worry (laughs) so captain america civil war was awesome we can't wait for dr strange in november and in fact we're going to try to get out uh, our podcast hopefully the same week if we can actually see it uh, that week that'll be interesting but it uh if you want to continue this conversation, just go ahead on the blog, fanboytheology.com. There is plenty to talk about, uh, especially uh, Thomas Hobbes stuff. We would love to talk about that and what it means to live your life with truly your identity solely being placed in Christ and nothing else. That That is going to be a, converse, a lifelong conversation as well of trying to actually do it in your own life. So leave a comment, leave a question, leave a suggestion on what movie or comic or uh, cartoon that you would love for us to dig into and see if there's anything we can get out of it for our Christian lives. Uh, We've gone through kind of like the base aspects of what Brett and I have liked of Harry Potter, Ghostbusters, Star Wars. Those are the big movies that we are constantly talking about, whether at lunch break or uh, just in the car driving somewhere. So uh, we're going to go deeper into them, but we would love to do these 40,000-foot views uh, just like we have done in the past. So if you have any others, uh, let us know, and we would love to do them. So until next time, I'm Chris. I'm Brett. And we'll see you later.
1: I promise. <laughs>